welcome to episode 24 of our podcast. I'm Alex, one half of The Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Oh, this is our penultimate episode, Lisa. I know. You know what? You've used that word twice today. I noticed it because you said it before and I really liked it. And I thought, oh, I've never used that word. I think I've said it actually in the podcast interview that we're about to listen to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> it's your word of the day. <laughs> word of the day. <laughs> it is so. <laughs> I liked it. I want to start using better words like that <laughs> instead no, of second to last episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, clever. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know where I've got that from. I think I've just nicked it from someone else. Someone else who's a bit cleverer might have said it. <laughs> no. So. Weather's nice, lockdown's still in full force. And it is. I haven't got any news for you, unfortunately, because there's nothing changing in life, is there? None of us have any news because none of us are allowed to do anything. We can't go anywhere. We're not allowed to do anything. We've just got to stay in and shut up. We're all grounded. <laughs> We're grounded. Yeah, you're all grounded. Stay in, shut up. And, <laughs> and, that, and that's that. No, I haven't really got any news. Um, like I really haven't no I haven't I don't even know what we're going to actually talk about well thank goodness we've got a guest coming on which um, (laughs) I'm really really excited about we've got Lee aka the Gay Sober yeah who's really funny and actually got a fantastic story as well to share Um, we met Lee through our Instagram and then very recently we've had him on the Sober Sessions if you've not heard of the sober sessions yet please join our facebook group we've collaborated with um kate and mandy from love sober william porter the author of alcohol explain simon chapel who um runs be sober and is also the author of the sober survival guide and uh, the instagram legend who is sober david we had on our podcast last week um so tune into them four till half five on a saturday through the facebook group and go back and have a look at the episode with Lee and Millie on there because we spoke to him was it a couple of weeks ago now, Lisa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd already had him booked in on our podcast and it, it's just been, I'm glad actually, aren't you, that we had, we'd spoken to him previously. Yeah, definitely. Because it's made today's more of a conversation rather than interviewee, hasn't it? Definitely. I think I said this on Dave's podcast last week, but I just feel so privileged that we've met so many people through doing this podcast and we've had so many guests on that we can now call our friends and we really relate to. And I think a big fear for me in particular when I was stopped drinking was that I was not going to meet people anymore. And not just that I weren't going to meet people anymore, but that I wouldn't meet people that I would get along with or Mm. um, be able to strike conversation with. Because I used alcohol as a social lubricant to help me start a conversation. So the fact that we can now talk to people sober and get on with them so well is just amazing. And I'm really excited um, to have Leon. Yep, here he is. Hi, Lee. Hi. Hi, both. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good, aren't we, Lise? 
Yeah, really good, thanks. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast, Lee, because after we spoke to you on Saturday on the lives with the sober sessions, um, I had loads of inboxes just telling me how amazing you were. People loved you. You made the day. One girl even said you made a life. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to like really love this episode. So oh, thank you. So <laughs> And so I, that's so lovely. I was really, um, really uh, privileged you asked me on it, actually. I think what you're doing there on those Saturdays are just brilliant. And I think for someone who's, um, I've been sober for like 20 months, but I'm tuning into them and I'm learning stuff because that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Never mind where you are in your journey. You do keep learning about it and hearing loads of other people's opinions. You've also got a brilliant group of people there who've all got really good senses of humour which to me is really important in this, um, in the sober world as well, just to, just to have a laugh with it. So I, I think the sober sessions are absolutely brilliant, guys. Oh, thank you. We love doing them. We really do. And I think, like you said, the mixture of people is, um, is, is it just works, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, the panel works, doesn't it? Because of that, because obviously we've got William with his scientific knowledge and then bit crazy and Kate and Mandy are a little bit more serious and uh, so yeah there's something wrong with me and Lisa we're like the oddballs on there aren't we you me and Dave <laughs> yeah we have imposter syndrome don't we we come off like wow that was really interesting today we're just watching really <laughs> <laughs> but no it was really really great to have you on for those people though um Lee that didn't tune into that one can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to sobriety yeah of course so uh my name's lee um and we met through instagram uh where i've got an account called the gay sober which i'll, I'll chat about in a second actually but um i've been sober for 21 months now so it was in july 2018 um uh, i just knew for a long time before that, and I do mean years, that um, I needed to stop my drinking. Or what I actually tried to do for years and years and years was try to moderate my drinking. Um, never worked. So, um, so yeah, so, so then I got to the point where I just knew I had to stop drinking. I tried loads of times as well, you know, um, but then it, uh, I did one year no beer, um, uh, which that's so why I was going to, I knew I'd stopped for 90 days doing that challenge. And then thankfully, but I actually added 10 days to that, so I knew I was going to do 100 days because I preferred that. And then on day 99 or day, I just knew that that was it really forever. Um, but yeah, the, the, just to go back to the way I was drinking, I, it was in my sort of early 20s, I think, I, the, the, the drinking really kicked in for me. Um, and I loved it you know I was out all the time I was I was a lager boy I was like having a laugh with people constantly and it was great you know it, it wasn't really ever an issue it was as I got older and I would drink more and more often and be able to drink more and I was I could ne I just never knew when to stop so it was always like you know just one more just one more just one more um, and that would be if I was in a massive group of people if I was with one person or if I was on my own um, and and uh, I, I just don't have that sort of that that mechanic that 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 tap really to to stop it in my head, you know. So um, yeah, I, but I'd really I really had tried to stop um, for a long time. But what I would do more than know I was going to stop for a long for forever, I would do these like have 
five days off, three weeks off, a month off. But to be honest with you, even when I had like five days off, I'd be like, I haven't drunk for five days. This is absolutely amazing. And then I drink like 12 pints to celebrate. So it's like, geez, you know, or I'd have like a week, two weeks off drinking and everyone would know about that. You know, like I haven't drunk for 14 days. And obviously as well, without realizing people would be like, that's amazing. Are you going to get really drunk tonight? And I'd be like, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to celebrate. It's weird, isn't it? When you, when you try to moderate or try to stop drinking, you then celebrate with that thing that is causing <laughs> all the hassle and all the pain and all the, you know, it's bizarre. So, yeah. So that's sort of my drinking history. I don't know if that's enough information, but... Yes. Did you have like a rock bottom moment then that made you decide to stop? Or was it just a series of absolute fuck ups for over a long time? <laughs> yeah, it, it was more that. It was, I didn't have a real standout moment. I mean, I did really stupid things. Like, you know, I remember being on an all day once on a wedding and then trying to get in my car. Thankfully, I didn't. But even to have that thought, you know, because one of my things was my, 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 I could drink so much that I saw, I mean, I would act drunk, of course I would, but I'd sort of be okay. Like the amount of times that people would say to me, I didn't even realize you were drunk last night. I mean, I, I think that's a sign in itself. If you can drink 10 pints and have a serious conversation with someone, I mean, <laughs> that's, you know, the, you know, red flags, get out. Um, so it, it was, it was, it was, um, it was all little things which added up. I think my main things were, though, that I would have blackouts. So not the whole night, but I'd, I'd, you know, the next day I'd be saying to my husband, I was like, did I say this? Did, did I say that? Did I say that in a really funny way? Or, or did, because what I'd often do is just forget what I had said to someone. And I've said some really hurtful things to people that I really love when I've yeah. been drinking. I've said some real bullshit things about myself, about other people that I did not mean. Um, so I've, I've, I've definitely hurt people in the process, which in itself really is a bit of a rock bottom. But um, my, my anxiety was horrendous. You know, I would wake up the next day and well, I'd sort of wake up about three and I used to have real bad night sweats when I drunk. So I would wake up and I would literally be in like, you know, cold sweat. And then I'd change out of my pyjamas. I mean, when I was drinking, I would often set um, like new pajamas next to me because I knew that I might have like the sweats or whatever, or that I knew. And I think a lot of that, what it would be as well, is my brain. Apart from the, I'm sure, like the the effect it was having on my body, it would be my brain worrying while I was sleeping, and not yeah. just and worrying about what had happened that night, but also worrying that once again I had doubled the limit that I wanted to drink. You know, so it, so for me, it was it was anxiety. It was upsetting people. It was health as well. I mean, I think now I'm just so glad that I realised that I was doing something that could have eventually killed me. And I think if you realise that, then you're lucky. You know, if you if you really realise that and and get out, then you know we are the lucky ones. They say, isn't it? You know, because yeah. and that's that's how I feel. But, um, but yeah, so for me, it wasn't one instance. There was loads of incidents. And I would just do bizarre things. Like one New Year's Eve, 
So I chucked a pint over my head and thank God there was no one there. And it was all because I thought that was hilarious and like maverick and look at me, I'm crazy. Waha! And I mean, actually, when I think about that, it makes me shudder. You know, and that's not my personality in real life. I mean, it was the same night that I argued with my husband and left out and then I tried to break into my house with my shoe. I don't know why. <laughs> my shoe off and I was like, I think I can get this. I can get this. <laughs> You know, I also then rung my my uh, my husband's best friend, and she was like, "I don't, um, I think he's gone home to look for you." And I was like, "F off!" You know, I mean, it wasn't my proudest moment, but things like that were happening quite often when I yeah. would just, just make a tit of myself. You know, God, Lee, you've actually really brought back some terrible memories of mine talking to you. <laughs> like, no, you I really are, Lisa. You forget, don't you? I think we're like, um, you like the saw between I stopped around the same time as you. I'm 21 months as well. Yeah. Um, so it's always nice when you hear somebody on the same kind of time yeah. as you, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, you brought some back some terrible memories there. What, um, what got you started? What helped you in the beginning to stop drinking? Um, I think, I think it was the old fashioned thing that's been run for years, isn't it? Is that you have to admit that you've got a problem first. Um, and what my mate, my best mate, and she stopped drinking as well now after I'd sort of stopped drinking and she'd seen the benefits. She stopped drinking. But every Monday morning, every Monday morning, we would ring each other and we'd have the blues. We'd be, uh, we'd have, we'd have, they'd be, you know, there'd be self hate there because once again, I feel, felt like I'd let myself down and not done what I'd stuck to be doing. Um, so that was sort of the first steps in a way, the, having those really in-depth, deep conversations about what we're going to do. Like, what, what, what am I going to do? And then obviously by the Wednesday, it'd be like, oh, we were being dramatic. We're fine. We're absolutely fine. Everyone's doing that. Everyone's doing it. Why shouldn't we? You know, it was that same thing. Um, so but then my first thing I did is I went to the GP um, and that wasn't very helpful really. Um, you know, I think, I think this is the problem. I've spoke about this before publicly. Um, and, you know, one of my really good friends is a GP and I spoke to him about it as well. But it, the problem is sometimes is that you're, you're looking for advice for people or from people who drink. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a massive issue there because, you know, I mean, I, I actually went to the doctor recently about something and he said, um, he said something about units. And I said, oh, no, no, no I, I don't drink. That should be down on my records. And he's like, what, you're completely teetotal. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I had a real fire in my belly, you know, because I was like, wow, you've just actually sort of tried to shame me. It was really weird. And it didn't, it felt like it didn't come from admiration. It came from like, oh, right. What do you yeah. do on weekends then? What it was wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. So it I went to- does happen that with a lot of doctors and a lot of medical professionals and healthcare workers. I know Lisa had an experience. Was it social workers, Lisa, that couldn't believe we do what we do? Yeah. Yeah, I was going through um, a bit of a tough time, actually, with my teenagers, which was one of the reasons why I stopped drinking, um, so I could be more present and there. And we actually had a social worker round at the house, and they thought I was absolutely crazy for stopping drinking when I was going through so much. And not only did they tell me this, they told my 12-year-old daughter, she was 12 at the time, how crazy I was for not drinking and that they would be going home to have a glass of wine after their stressful day. And I, I was, do you remember, Alex? I was like... I was there, really? wasn't I? 
Yeah, yeah, he was there. That was day. There. Oh, I was absolutely fuming. But one of the things I think that helps us with the sober experiment is we, oh, due to the lockdown, it got cancelled. So hopefully we'll be able to get this um, again. But we're doing one of our sober experiments with social workers in Manchester because mm-hmm. I was like, we need to talk to these people because if that's the advice they're giving me, what on earth is going on? And my child, I was fuming. <laughs> Yeah. S- similar thing happened with my dad. My dad has actually been dead now for 10 years, but 20 years ago, he had esophageal bleeding due to alcohol um, and he, he got cirrhosis of the liver. And they told him, you need to stop drinking. Do not touch another drop. And he stuck to that. He, he, I mean, he wasn't even going to come round. Thankfully, he did. He spent 10 years sober. And at his last... Oh, his penultimate medical appointment. So he was only expected to survive for maybe three or four years, he'd said. But because he'd stopped drinking, obviously, as you know, it, it has no limits, does it? Then you can just go on forever. And he um, he went to the, the nurse that did his um, endoscopy. They checked his liver. They said there's been no further decline. You're doing really well. In fact, you'll be all right to have the odd one now. He was dead three months later. Oh. You know, it's just, and they're just not educated. No, I know. They are educated, but they're not educated in this field. There's no such thing as a normal drinker, and that's what we say. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that thing as well, and I understand where they're coming from, but, you know, it's the the, the advice that I had at the start as well was, why don't you moderate? And it was like, well, good bloody question. Why don't I moderate? Do you know what I mean? Christ, Thanks for that. Let's, yeah, let's try and answer that, you know? Why don't I moderate? I don't know. If I moderate, I wouldn't be here. But, you know, the, the, I know, you know, the moderation thing for me, I don't know if you two tried it, but I tried everything. Like I had, I used to have like this little pad and I'd take a little felt tip and I'd be like, you know, like, like, like marks on a jail wall. I'd be like, <laughs> right, when that gets to six, end of the night, you know, never. I'd get to three and I'd be like, this is ridiculous. I used to, if I was drinking in the house, I'd only buy a certain amount. But then on my last can, I'd be running around the shop, you know? It's yeah. like, or if I really had stuck to the moderation, Woof! I'd be fuming. I'd be like, "Oh, this is a crap night. What's the point of this night anyway?" You know. It would, or, or again, I'd moderate, and then the next night have double. Yeah. And something I've realised since I've got sober as well is my version of moderation was not moderating. <laughs> you know? So, like, even when I say I had some nights when I moderated, that's probably six pints, which is you know what some so people would have on a wedding. You know, so yeah, I think it's, it's different levels of moderation as well. Yeah, they definitely are. And, and it's so subjective, the whole thing anyway. I mean, mm. you know, I could say I'm moderating. If I've been drinking 10 bottles of wine in a week, then moderating surely is five. So, you know, it, it, it always gets me unleashed this when we do our presentations and we look at the different countries and there's different legal limits to drive, there's different legal limits to be advised. So, you know, we're 14 units. I think we're still one of the highest in the world with what we say is the recommended daily and weekly intake. But there's clearly no science about this because otherwise the whole world would agree. And they don't. So there's no kind of clear science behind what is and isn't safe or what is and isn't recommended to to drive with. And quite honestly, I don't think anyone actually really has sat down and looked at these figures because what they're saying is it's okay to have 14 units of alcohol a week. Really? They banned it as an anaesthetic in the 70s because it was too toxic. So what's that about? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It puzzles me. No, it's I... weird, isn't it? Because I never took interest in um, units. I, I never knew them. Ne- never interested me. I just drank. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And if somebody had said to me, like, how many units? I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just no. would never have an idea. Um, no. Can I? Take you back, Leith, when you first stopped drinking. Did you find it difficult at first? Yeah, I mean, well, actually, no, because what happened was, so like, so I tried a few different things and then um, I found One Year No Beer. So I found the book and then I realised they did a course. So actually, I was pretty excited about it because... What they do really cleverly, I think, is they make you treat it like uh, any other challenge, like a 10K or, uh, you know, all, all those other challenges that are out there. So you actually get quite, I was quite hyped up about it. I'd also had my 40th, I'd been on a holiday to Greece. It was literally the, the last night in Greece was my last night of drinking, you know, I planned it all. Um, so, so I didn't actually find it that tricky uh, because I was having daily guidance as well. something that happened by complete accident but I think it was a massive it was really helpful for me was my very first day of not drinking I also went on a residential course for two weeks where I couldn't drink so I was um which was basically for young actors um so I was in a different environment I was staying in like a dorm. Um, I was working 12 hours a day with these young actors. So I think as well, when I've, when I've read books since, they do say sometimes about changing your routine. For those two weeks, my routine was completely changed. So I, I, I not only stopped drinking and stopped smoking at the same time, I also had this new routine, which was really intense. So actually, I sort of didn't have time to think about it really, you know. Um, but I also didn't... I, I, what I what I didn't do was I didn't keep thinking where I would be in 90 days. I just kept doing the one day at a time. And I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at that at all. I, you know, I, I spend a lot of the time thinking about the future. So yeah. um, it was, so, so I didn't really struggle with it. What I did struggle with was um, getting used to going out, you know, and the social, um, and, and it took a long time. And I, we, we spoke about this on, on the sober sessions. It took a long time for me really to stop pushing myself to doing stuff I didn't want to do. And, you know, I, I did that for quite a while because, um, to me, the word social and social life meant drinking in a pub. So therefore I was like, no social life. No, no, no. I've got a brilliant social life. It's just different. And social life isn't sitting in a pub, in a dark pub for 10 hours, speaking absolute nonsense and spending, you know, 7,000 pounds. So I, you know, so that, that was the thing I did struggle with. I didn't, I haven't really ever had that missing of alcohol, but what I I have to have, do have, or did have definitely were those pangs, you know, when you walk past a pub and you'll see mates around the pub, around the table laughing. And I think, oh my God, I missed that. No, I don't miss that because... I've got to play the tape forward then. And for me, that wasn't it. So usually I've realised when I see like friends through a pub window and I think, oh, isn't that lovely? I'm realising that I'm missing a bit of connection with my friends maybe that day. 
So I need to give yes. a lift or I need to say, can we go out for food on Saturday? Can we do something? And so I started to, re- whenever I do have a pang, it's never about the actual taste of alcohol or the feeling of being drunk, really. It's usually something that I'm associated with alcohol. So I've then got to work out what it is that I'm missing that day. And that really helps me. So That's what really does your social life, oh sorry, I was just going to say, what does your social life look like now then? What kind of things do you do if you don't mind me asking? No, not at all. It's much smaller. I used to be someone who was, I'm still in contact with lots of people, but I used to like love organising parties and going out as a big group and I'd have different groups of friends that I'd go out with. That has really stopped because I realised that was often about just me being able to get absolutely hammered, really. It wasn't about the connection because it would mainly be bants all bloody night. So you wouldn't actually catch up with the people anyway. So my so my world has gone smaller since I've got sober. Uh, weirdly, in, an, in another way, it's got bigger because I meet people like you all the time and I'm on Instagram and I, I'm in contact with people like all over the world. So, you know, but actually my, my social life has definitely gone smaller and I, we go, I go out for food. I mean, you know, I love food. I go out for food. I go out for walks. I, uh, I go to the theatre a lot. I go to the cinema. I just do everything that isn't going to the pub. Um, I do go to the pub, but I'm really honest uh, that I don't like doing that anymore. Um, and I used to hide that. I used to be. I used to feel really proud when people would say to me, "Oh my God, you were up till one and you didn't drink." And I'd be like, "Yeah." And I was like, <laughs> "But I, re- I thought it was shit. What did I do that for?" And at eleven o'clock, I was thinking, "I went to bed. Why?" But I was pushing. I was. I, I, it was like an endurance test almost. I would like stay up. I don't know. It just it to prove a point. Like I'm still crazy. I got it. And it's like I, I don't know if I want to have it anymore. You know what I mean? It's like. So I do still go out to pubs and I, I, you know, but I don't stay for very long. Um, and I'm just really honest with, with the people I'm with. I think we're laughing because we, honestly, you are us, you are us isn't it? Isn't it, Lisa? In one person, honestly, I can just see so much of us in you. We're the same. Like I would, I, I would always want to be the last person at the party. I would want to be person that's making a tit of themselves. I thought that was cool. Report back the next day. I've been dancing on tables. Yeah, check me out. I vomited 500 times. Woohoo! I drank more. You know? And and seriously, that is the kind of thing that we would do together. And and afterwards, at the very beginning, I didn't want that to go. I needed to prove that being sober wasn't boring. I remember her trying to prove this, and it was very hard work for me because she made me <laughs> endure Manchester on a night out. And do you remember when we, were, we had a really, really good night out? But I remember us in a particular bar, and Alex was like, We need to dance, we need to dance. And I'm like, but the music shit, right? And she's like, no, we need to dance. And I think because we've got that difference in our length of sobriety, I'd kind of already gone past that moment of like needing to prove that I could have a good time. But I remember actually feeling with Alex that you at that time did need to prove yeah. that you could have a good time. We could prove that we could go to clubs and dance and talk to people. But it, and it was a re- we had a lovely we night, a but, night. It was, but we try we did try to force things a little yeah. bit, like force ourselves to stay out. And honestly, like midnight, we were both so tired. But and I we're like, we're killing us to go. She's going, but we can't, we can't. I'm going, no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, and honestly, it was a really good night. 
totally get that. And I've stopped now. I just thought, you know what? Who am I actually proving this to? I don't yeah. feel boring. I do different fun. And it's real fun. It's authentic fun. It's not yeah. fun that comes from making an absolute tit of yourself or someone else at their expense. You know, we have lots of fun now. It's just, it's so organic. And we, when we laugh, it's belly laughs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think as well, it's that thing about going out on a night out to boats. You know, we've all had those drunken conversations with close people where you're like, you feel like you're really connecting and you're getting all the stuff out. And <laughs> yeah, Lisa. Thing and thank you so much for listening to me. I love you so much. Oh my God. And then I wake up the next morning and I would be like, oh my God, what the hell did I say that for? Because 50% of it may not have even been true. And not that I was lying, but the fact that when you're drunk, it all gets extended and dramatized and it's all, you know. And I just think I still have deep conversations with people I love. And I, but I suppose that's the point. It's with people I love, not just like the bloke behind the bloody bar going, and then, you know, and then another thing and this and that. <laughs> and it's real connection. And I only, I say, I, I'm still really open. I mean, you know, we, 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 like you two, you're doing podcasts, you're speaking openly about stuff, but it's all done sober, you know. And, yeah. you know, and, and obviously on nights out and with friends, I still do things wrong and I still definitely say stuff wrong and I still have probably said something that I shouldn't to someone in the last 20 months absolutely 100% but I can own it and thank shit I can remember it so, <laughs> do you know what I mean I had a really bad point where I was drinking a lot where <laughs> I, where I started thinking stuff about people and then the next day I'd be saying to Mark my husband oh my god did I say blah 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 to someone he was like I don't think so. But it got to the point where my reality and my sort of drunken was actually molding because I, maybe I'd think in my head, oh, he's doing my head in. And then I, the next morning I'd convince myself I'd have said that, you know? And I, I, I'd even sometimes be uneasy around that person then because I'm like, what have I said? What have I not said? I mean, that's quite, you know, on a serious note, quite seriously, that, 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 is, that is bad. If you're yeah. to the point where you really can't remember what you've said and you're then anxious you've said something that you haven't even said, wow, I mean, life is too short. I think you were the same, weren't you, Lisa, with your anxiety? Because I didn't get anxiety. Um, basically because I got that blackout drunk, I couldn't, so similar to you in some ways, I couldn't remember when it got to the point that I'd said bad things. And when I did learn them, time had gone by. So that's the reason I was saved by the fact that I was such a pisshead that mm. I couldn't remember what I'd done anyway. And when I did remember, I used to excuse myself. I'd phone Lisa up and say, oh, I think I've said this. And she'd go, oh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I've done worse all the other way around. But you had terrible anxiety, didn't you? Yeah, and I've, you've just really taught me something there because I think I used to do that because I would say to people, did I say this or did I do that? And they'd be like, no, no, you were fine. But inside that, oh, and like I said before, you've brought back so many not great memories. Thanks for this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I get, honestly, you know, listening to you talking then, even talking to people and saying like, oh, how much you love them and how, how much you're in that moment. I can see, I've got such a good imagination. I can see myself back in them kitchens of like having deep conversation and listening to music. And I used to pretend I liked music, right? And I didn't even like it. Like, <laughs> but I would wake up with that dread and that anxiety and I can feel it inside me now just listening to you. I am so, so grateful for sobriety yeah. because I never 
real, even though this sounds ridiculous, I never realised that it was drink that was causing them feelings. I never connected the two. I just thought it was me. It was my stupidity. It was me being over the top, me doing this, you know. And I used to wake up and I would hate me. I didn't like myself. And I never realised that it was alcohol. And actually, I'm not a bad person. And I don't want to say stupid shit and listen to music and pretend that I like it. Why did I do that? I was such a sheep. <laughs> I was. Look, I, honestly, I never even realised till I stopped drinking what a sheep I was. Like, I've been one since at school, and I always thought I was a leader, and I clearly wasn't because I just used to be like, I remember trying to listen to like dance music because my friend listened to it and she really loved it and she looked happy so I was like that I'm going to try and listen to this and I just never liked it I tried listening to like Nirvana and stuff at one time I never liked that either but all these things were me trying to fit in and you never liked rosé wine no, I didn't. <laughs> and you bloody force yourself to drink that as well. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But you've made, honestly, just talking to you now, because I went off on it a little bit then, but you've really made me, it's like looking, not physically looking in a mirror, but, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. My moustache. But um, no, you, I, um, you do. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm, I, I think you picked up on something really important there, though, um, that uh, that's something which I really struggled with, that, you know, it was for me, it wasn't just about stopping drinking. It was about stopping being that person because I didn't like that person. Therefore, I didn't feel like I liked myself. That's not true, I realised. I didn't like myself drinking. That's yeah. really different. So it's it like, it almost like, you know, like what you meant to say to children. It wasn't, it was, it was my behaviour I didn't like rather than me. You know, mm-hmm. but that behavior, my God, took up so much of my life that it did become me, I felt, you know, because when I wasn't drinking, I was thinking about how I'm going to stop drinking, how I'm going to get healthy, how I'm going to get better. And then, you know, how, you know, as that, as that, those thoughts would disappear, I then start thinking about when I'm going to drink next and how much I'm going to drink and how can I get it from the shop and how can I make sure I've got enough there? So, you know, it, it, it was on a, on a much deeper level. I, I, I really, it was much more about just stopping drinking. It was about becoming me again, which yeah. I think as soon as you get sober, you know, you, you, do, you get to know yourself and it all sounds very woo woo, doesn't it? And very sort of out there, but it's actually not because you're just, about yourself which is really exciting and you're starting to put the jigsaw together there's no nowhere near finished yet I'm just putting little pieces here and there and going oh I did that because of that and that because of that and that's why it's so frustrating with alcohol because my god it just numbs so much in your life you know it, and, and I thought it was sort of what made me exciting and more creative and you know bigger than a bigger person actually it was diminishing all that and it was ruining all that and getting in the way of all that and you just you just can't fathom it until you stop drinking can you you know and and that's what's so exciting and so brilliant about stopping drinking is this like this this it's not like you become a new person but there's new there's new things that come out of you and that and that is just I can't I can't even believe that really I think that comes across as well and it's so lovely to see because like Alex just said then we feel exactly the same and I think that's a big reason why we started with the sober experiment because 
it's just so amazing and you do want to share it you do want to tell people how amazing it is so people that come to us have that kind of interest anyway so to be able to share this and share stories like yours is just so inspiring and I know people listening will relate so much to what you've said and if they haven't already stopped drinking I know after listening to something like this I'd be like I want some of that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, but I don't know about YouTube, but when I was drinking as well, like I honestly never thought I'd be this person sitting here now. I, I just thought I'd resigned myself to, well, this is it for life now. I used to say like each time I'd stop trying to drink for a few weeks, I'd be like, if it doesn't work this time, that's it. That's just, it's, you know, that's, that's fate. It's telling me that I just got to drink for life because I never, ever believed that I could live without alcohol. And that is just so sad when you think about it, to think of all the stuff <clears throat> that, that alcohol was getting in the way of. But I honestly never thought I'd be that person who was stopping, who could actually stop forever and be happy about it. I yeah. thought if I ever, I thought, I always used to like imagine, I want to go to the doctors and they're like, if you have one more sip, you will drop dead on in three seconds. Like I wanted to have that. So then I go like, right, I'm never going to drink again. But I thought even if that had happened, that I would be unhappy for the rest of my life. So it. Yeah. What I, do you think the difference was then this time? Oh God, I think it was the length of time I did it for. Yeah. Because, so I did it for a hundred days so I could really see the benefits. When I'd done it before, I'd done it for two, three, maybe six weeks, maybe I think. So it was a shorter amount of time. Also having um, daily teachings and daily ideas from the one you know beer was fantastic, setting goals for myself. Um, and also when I was in that hundred days, I started reading Quicklet and 100% even though I'd read one when I was drinking um you know I'd I'd read a couple actually but I really started to read them and it just all started to click into place um and for me as well um we'd um, uh, me and my husband had planned to go to France um and I knew I'd be there when the 100 days was up and we were sitting in a bar and uh, I said to Mark, and I was nervous about saying this, I was like, Mark, I, d- I don't think I'm going to drink when the 100 days are up, which is like the next day. And he was like, I think that's brilliant. I think that's exactly what you should do. Like, thank God. I, I, honestly, if he'd said, oh, come on, we're on holiday, let's have a drink, I'd, be, I'd still be drinking now, I think, you know? Oh, that's giving me goose pimples. Yeah, I, and me, and to, to get support from people you love, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know whether you, your husband kind of did it with you or not, but certainly sounds like he's been very supportive. My husband, and I talk about this all the time, and I say it quite jokingly, but it's true. If... If he hadn't have done this, I don't know if we'd have managed to stay together or I wouldn't have stayed sober. But he said, we'll do a year with you, get you going. So, And he didn't need to do. And I know that I say that when I believe everybody needs to do, but he genuinely didn't need to. He is still somebody who could have one beer and not bother for another year. He genuinely is that person. He can also put a lot away, but he's, I was very lucky to have that support. I just want to touch back a little bit on what you just said a second ago about, you know, you, you kind of almost want in that rock bottom. It takes out your hands a little bit, doesn't it? If somebody has said, if you're going to drink again, you'll die. You need to stop. Mm. It's, it's sad, isn't it? And I guess this is more of a comment than um, a question, but it's sad, isn't it, that we believe as a society, we have to hit rock bottom to want to be sober. Mm. It's just a sad concept. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and we all we all know, don't we, that alcohol isn't good for you. But you, 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 you yeah, I think it just it, it it's it just needs to almost get to that point. I mean, some people, and as we know as well, do get to that point and and can't stop drinking. You know, which is even sadder, isn't it? But I, yeah. I agree with you. It's um, it, it it's ridiculous that this this drug which is, you know, socially expected that you, t- that you do, um, that, w- that you're right, that it has to get to a point where it's rock bottom and that's the only reason you stop. And that's why there's so much shame about the word sober and the word alcoholic and the word stopping. Uh, uh, not the word stopping, sorry, but about <laughs> drinking. And it's almost, you know, you have to like come out and say, I don't drink anymore. Uh, you know, that's all meshed up with, with all those thoughts and beliefs that, that, that are out there. And... That I was one of those people, you know, definitely. I'd be, if someone had said to me, you know, you don't drink, I'd have been like, what do you do then? Like, you know, what, 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 what the hell do you do? Because I'm yeah. one of them, which is why it's so good, I think, sometimes for people who stop drinking to be able to talk about it because they're like, I've been there, I promise you, I've been there. I, I get exactly what you mean. Definitely. I think you are definitely somebody, if I'd have stood next to in a bar, we'd have been talking to like the early hours of the morning. <laughs> I'd have been in your kitchen, Liz. She'd have been in your kitchen. <laughs> I used to do things like if I met somebody and you know the conversations of like we're definitely going to keep in touch and become friends and I can't believe we've never met before and you're like my soulmate that I've just met at three in the morning in a toilet in a club um, and I used to write things on my phone like make sure you ring that person or text just to say hi to kind of because I wanted to prove that I meant what I'd said the night before yeah. and then I'd wake up and be like Oh no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to write notes to myself on my phone a lot, but so I'd have a thought about <clears throat> something I was going to say to someone, and there, and usually it would be ag a bit aggy, if I'm honest. And then I so I'd, I'd write to my phone, yeah, this is what you need to say to that person because it's not fair that you're treated this way. And then to make <laughs> more, like, oh. Oh God, I don't. I don't really think like that. That's absolute nonsense. I used to record myself sometimes as well, like having the conversation. I mean, what? Like, a little, a little video camera without me, like going, yeah, and another thing. You can listen to this now. Like, let it go. Let it go. I used to text myself to say. In the morning, you're going to worry about da 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 that you've said. Don't worry, it was fine. Like again, like that's what I used to do. Yeah, and I that's used to do exactly the same thing. I'd have messages on my phone saying, <clears throat> "Do not regret this. You had a good time." I'd be telling myself to try and make myself feel better the next day. That is, yeah. I've never met anyone that did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I never met anyone that's done that, that's done the writing notes themselves. I did the same thing. I used to write notes about if, if me and my husband had had an argument usually because I was drunk and I'd started it but then I would twist it in my pissed head that it was him and I'd be writing down everything he'd said so in the morning I could arm myself with all these nasties that he'd said <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. I do that because I'm like I know in the morning I won't remember the argument. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to write do. it down because I was in the right. 
Oh, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. That's, that's another side of it as well. It's like, you know, um, of course I still have disagreements with people and I still, you know, uh, will have ag or whatever, but it just, it go, it's, it's dealt with in the right way. And usually yeah. actually it's just, it's let go. It's like, oh, whatever. And, you know, I, I, you know, that's, that's, that is one of my regrets is that sometimes I have had arguments with my husband and I've said stuff that I'm like, that's not okay. And it, you know, and I'm always, I'm, I've always been really good at apologizing, but like, even just, even when you apologize, it doesn't take it away, you know, and you know, and that's just, again, that's just, it's just not acceptable really. So yeah, but I'm, I'm going back to the partners. Well, my, my husband does drink, but he drinks about a third of what he used to drink because I was the world's like, Another one? Show me another one. Shall we have another Beater. one? Beater. Yeah. <laughs> I used to smoke as well, you know, and it's that thing. But I, I weirdly used to smoke two or three cigarettes at a time. So, I mean, at the same time. But, like, I'd have one, put it out, have another one, put it Oh, out, yeah, I imagined out. you then with the marbling. <laughs> <laughs> Secretively, I could smoke, like, oh. cigarettes and then go back in. And everyone would be like, where have you been? And I'd be like, having a cigarette. I'd be like, yeah, but like, how long is this cigarette? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was weird. It was part of my, like, I don't know. I used to, uh, you know, do things very much sort of methodically, you know? Like, it was all about numbers and six cans and then eight cans or ten cans. And, yeah, bizarre. Some people, you know, have the volume on even numbers, whereas I would have to drink that even number pints, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my, my kids all have that volume thing. Lee, can you tell us about your Instagram? Oh, and yeah, so, yeah, go on. <laughs> so, um, I, I was July to the January, I was quite lonely in my sobriety. So even though I, I knew it was happening, I, I actually got right on that pink cloud and I was like, this is amazing. I, um, I did feel lonely at times because there was no one around me at that time not drinking, which also does feed into why I was still going to pubs and stuff. But that's... Yeah. But um, I I went to the Mindful Drinking Festival. Um, it's run by Club Soda, who I know you know. And um, there was a panel of people there, and they were just saying about sharing your story, keep sharing your story. And then I um, I started up an Instagram account. I was anonymous. There was no picture on there, no name, nothing. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to be a hundred percent honest with what I was writing. And I and I was really honest, um, but I've and then a few months in, I put a picture on and put my name on, which felt like a really big deal at the time. Um, now it doesn't, but at the time it was, you know, it was like step by step. Yeah, you know? you, you you do whatever you want to do, isn't it? Like you tell whoever you want to tell when you stop drinking and become sober, don't you know? And that was a worry of mine. I I was worried about getting found out, and then I remember me and my best mate and this really good conversation and she was like what what is it you're worried about and I was ashamed of the drinking problem or the amount I used to drink I realized and I was still carrying that shame so therefore to say I didn't drink anymore to say I was the word sober I felt people would have their own story and their own film going on in their head a they probably didn't b if they did or if they do i don't give a holy shit now because <laughs> it's like you know I, I, i'm not bothered by that but i was still 
ashamed about that. And and I think the shame with alcohol comes from the fact that you you can't control it. You can't. You feel out of control. You feel I've let myself down. I've let you know. I've let everyone down around me because I can't. I just can't stop doing that thing. So um, I said to the Instagram, yeah, to 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 just be really honest. And my God, it was amazing because I started meeting loads of sober people who were good gone or going through the same thing or were like 10 years down the line. And that's where I really started to grow, really, um, and realize that there's so many of us who feel exactly the same and are doing, uh, going along the same path. And it gave me loads of tools and tips and and yeah, and also what when I was looking for <clears throat> uh, podcasts and Instagram accounts and things like that, what I what thought was lacking at the time was also just a bit of lightness because it is a heavy subject. It absolutely yeah. is. But my God, uh, you know, I've been brought up, my family are all the same. We all, we find it really easy to laugh at ourselves, you know? So I think that bring, I just wanted to almost make an account that had quite a lot of humour um, so yeah, and uh, so that's that's what the account's for, really. But selfishly, it was also for me to get it out there because I've realised that I don't do gratitude journals, but I've realised or journaling actually, just because my handwriting's crap and I read it back <laughs> and I can't understand what I've written. So I just like so I, I thought on Instagram, getting it out there, doing these little posts, that really helped me. So that panel were completely right. Share your story because it doesn't help others, but it really helps you. Yeah, definitely. And I think it really, really does help other people, your Instagram as well. It's lovely. It's bright. It's funny. Um, yeah, it's, it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> you make us laugh. Every, every, every time we have a look on your account or we look on a message you've sent us, one of one or both of us phones the other to say, have you seen this? <laughs> the, the whole curly-whirly moment really <laughs> made me up about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lee, it's been so lovely speaking to you. And thank you for taking the time to come on our podcast. I just know it's going to really help people and it's going to really brighten people. Brighten, oh, I can't even speak. <laughs> come on, Lisa, <laughs> spit it out. <laughs> It'll make people feel better. <laughs> thank, thank, you, thank you both so much for inviting me on, as well as the sober sessions. I really appreciate it. So I do, and I, I love the way you two are approaching this as well with, you know, loads of humour, loads of honesty, real down-to-earth uh, personality. So I think that's really, really important. So thank it's you. It's nice to meet a fellow um, piss taker. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get you back on the sober sessions. I'm sure um, you went yeah. down really well. Everybody really enjoyed it. So yeah, That would be oh. great. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you both so much. Bye, bye. bye.